Hello and welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? Podcast. I'm your host, GP. Took a short break, but I'm back with an awesome guest. Um, what can I say? To be honest, uh, one of the most popular pro wrestling valets during the golden era of professional wrestling. Please give up for the perfect 10, baby doll. How you doing today? You okay? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's it's an honor. Thank you. No, no, I appreciate it, appreciate it. We had to reschedule, but I genuinely appreciate um, you still making the time to do this interview and have a conversation with yours truly. Um, I'd like to begin the episode by talking about, well, asking you what was it like growing up in the wrestling business as you are actually a second-generation talent. It For me, it was perfect because I love professional wrestling. If it had any other parents, it would have been the same, but because I love wrestling and I love the whole aspect of it, the show and the, it was just, a, for me, it was a really hard childhood, but then it was also a perfect childhood because I had yeah. to work really hard, but then I was part of everything. So it was cool. No, that's, that's cool. When were you kind of smartened up to the business? I know you grew up into it, but you know, did you first think, oh, this is real? Or did you know quite early on, you know, how it worked? It was, um. Whenever I grew up, it was actually in the age of kayfabe, like yeah. just it was not talked about. So I wasn't really totally smartened up until the very first match um, in San Antonio with Gina Hernandez. They went over everything with me, and then everybody left. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's how they do it. That's mm. how they put everything together. I kind of had an idea. You know how you just... You know, because you see so many matches and yeah. you see, so, you kind of have it. But I had no idea the dance and the complexity. Of it it truly yeah. is magical. Yeah, I, I, I love it. That's I think that's one reason I'm a fan to this day. And I have been pretty much all my life. Um, one thing I want to jump straight into is happened in your career. It was an angle where the Midnight Express blasted Dusty Rhodes uh, with a tennis racket. But more importantly, Jim Cornette actually hit you with a racket. Now, the heat that you guys received uh, for this angle. My God, like you can go on the network or YouTube and find this clip and you can see it yourself. The fans go nuts. Um, this sort of thing was kind right. of unheard of during the time. And Jim Cornette himself has actually said, when asked about his angle and yourself, that he actually got death threats <laughs> um, for attacking you. Um, if you he could... actually did. Oh. He actually <laughs> did. It was uh, the most uncomfortable for me was Whenever we went to TV, TV on Saturday yeah. mornings, we got either like a shoebox or a sack or something of like our fan mail. Yeah. And so I kind of was going through it and there was like weird looking envelopes that didn't look like normal fan mail. So I'm looking at and it was letters from prisoners that were like, if you want me to take care of this, just <laughs> let me know. I get out on such and such a date. I'll be happy to take care of this. So I actually like handed those to Cornette. I was like, you better be careful. And. He he knew about it, so but yeah. that's just part of it. It's Cornette um, has said that he made more money working against me than any other angle he ever did. So, oh, it's just so good. Big though. I mean, on the back for both of us, right? <laughs> you do actually had like an intergender match. Was that your last match? It was like a couple of years ago, about six, seven years ago. Um, oh, it well, we had um, we worked fourteen match for the great american bash in jan yeah. in june no i'm sorry of july of 86 
mm-hmm. and then had one final match in Shelby, North Carolina. Um, this was like two, maybe three years ago, sold out yeah. house for big time wrestling. Um, it was it was fun. It was good. Um, I got my final piece on him, so it was good. <laughs> it was fun. He does speak high of you, I have to admit that. I mean, Jim himself, like, you know, if, if anyone listens to him, I know, like, he's not the most popular person. I absolutely adore the man. Like, I'm sorry. I just, like, I can't dislike him. I find him entertaining. Uh, I grew up with him right. as a manager, but his knowledge as well, which is brilliant. But he actually speaks high of you as well. Um, do you have any funny Jim Cornette stories that you can tell? Oh, my gosh. No. Because <laughs> all of them are really bad. <laughs> I wouldn't, um, uh, oh, my gosh. I'll put you on the spot there for that one. <laughs> I, I really the the ones that I know are bad and I can't I don't wanna no no, no that's fine. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. No worries. We kind of are on the restricted um in terms of the audience, so it's fine. Um, well if I, I would have to ask him if it was okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was, but I don't want heat with someone that I don't have heat with. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, why are say. you telling those stories? When I haven't ever heard him tell him outside yeah. of it's, it's podcasts or interviews and yeah right so yeah yeah no I, no I, don't I, want I, can, I completely get you <laughs> with the angle when I go back to Dusty Rhodes um you was his valet and also his enemy but if you can right. tell listeners what was it like being both sides of the American dream and when you do tell the story is there a possibility you can give an impression. Of Dusty Rose, because everyone who <laughs> works with him or knew him just somehow squeezes in an impression of Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Dusty was amazing. And Dusty, whenever you talked with him or or was able to like share ideas or when he was mm-hmm. telling you what he wanted you to do, you could see the genius. You could hear the genius. You could see him like putting things together. And for my character, he loved baby doll he loved because i was like his marilyn monroe he could shape me he could form me i could be the best heel ever or the best baby face ever yeah so it was it was kind of like a cherry position because you know being the only girl and and having that respect from him because i wasn't afraid to get beat i will to this day i I know that that. in 1985 (laughs) had more heat than any female that's ever been in the business yeah it was so bad at one time when we did the 30 days where he won me from Tony for 30 days where i was going to be his valet and and travel with him the month of july that the last week he went to the crockett office and asked for me to have time off he said the the fans are going to kill her he says mm. i cannot protect her at the point that she has so much heat they're beating the shit out of her pardon me but um they were literally beating me to death going back and forth to the ring. And part of the the deal was like, I didn't want to be with him. So he had to like wrap the bull rope around my neck and like yeah. pull me through the crowd and I'm fighting him and fighting the people. It was really intense. So yeah, to this day, I will say that I've more, I had more heat in 1985 than any other female mm. ever. It's when, in the it's when Dusty actually slapped you as well. Like, I know that like, apparently he's a bit cautious. It could have gone wrong, but he had to get it right. But the, the women right. were cheering right. him. They were going nuts. <laughs> and and I'd only I'd only been with Tully, I believe at that point where I stood toe-to-toe with him and I slapped him and then he like instant reaction slapped me back. That mm-hmm. was only maybe a month with being with Tully. So I I hadn't been with Crockett for any time at all. 
already had that major heat. And I didn't realize until a couple of years ago when a friend of mine was like watching tapes and mm -hmm. I, I was like doing laundry or something. And, and I noticed like he was kept watching the same video over and over again. I said, why are you watching? And he says, well, I watched the left side of the crowd. I watch the right side of the crowd. I watch my match and then what I'm doing. And then I come and watch. So they gets everything. Mm -hmm. So I never really knew someone to like watch the crowd. So I was just, just sat down, like was watching. And I noticed like when Dusty slapped me, like women are yelling, hit her again, hit her again. <laughs> yeah. That turned out the like, men. A woman to tell a man to hit a woman. That's, yeah. There, yeah. Was, there, was, there was a little. <laughs> that is that is hate like i have to quite uh, Billy right but that is proper hate the fact that the women are cheering louder than the men i mean this is the times that it was unheard of these sort of segments and these angles right you know it was revolutionary well, the, the, people, was. the people believed we made them believe yeah the story that we were telling them the animosity the the personal angst against each other mm -hmm. the um you know, like Tully hated Tully, Dusty hated Tully, and then throw a female in there, just stirred it up thicker. Mm. It was it's fun. I mean, just to, to have people's emotions right there and be able just to turn them whichever way literally, you want to Have it literally in the palm of your hands. It was so good. Um, yes. If you can, oh, sorry, if you can give a Dusty impression as well, as well as you can, if you can, just anything. <laughs> I know like, I am like the worst. Right? <laughs> how about this because i'm like the worst but i will tell you um a story that everybody does the chic everybody copies the chic and does the 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 slap in the chest and everything yeah so arn anderson was really really good good at it. so whenever i went to meet the iron chic up in new york i was kind of looking forward to like okay who is this guy like everybody impersonates them but when I met the Sheik, he was like the worst impression of everybody else. Like everybody else's impression was so much better than the actual Iron Sheik. I was so disappointed. But oh my God, the dude doesn't. I, I don't have this. I try not to list. But it was like, da -da -da, you Jezebel. Yes. You Jezebel off the street. Yeah, so. <laughs> Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm, I I love the man. Like just uh, just hey, when when Cody, you know, who we see on TV every week now, just talking about his dad and yes. just embraces him, and you know, fingers crossed, he wins the belt and you know, celebrates and honors his dad, which would be awesome. Going back to Tully, oh yeah, who would actually introduce you as his perfect ten. So and you go right. to be his valet, and I think that might have been the strongest pairing, in my opinion, maybe um, of your valet career. Yes. Um, I want to know how did that come well, about? I worked, I worked with him the long. I worked with Telly the longest. We worked yeah. for right at a year. We were both like smart ass heels. We both yeah. enjoyed being heels. We both wanted to be heels. Um, it was it was Tully kind of needed someone to take care of him mm -hmm. on the road because it got so busy <laughs> that I actually was his valet. I made like the hotel reservations. I traded up our plane tickets to get better flights. I, whenever we land somewhere, I would race to the car rental counter and rent the car and have the car already pulled around so that when they got their bags and came out of like departures, then I was there waiting for the car. Mm -hmm. And then I did shoot 90% of the driving at least, if not more. It was so, yeah, I, I, it was a shoot job. I was valet for for a year. Bloody hell. I think that's what kind of translated well then when you two were on the TV and doing promos together 
And um, it just, I don't know. I just thought it was the best pairing, in my opinion. Although I think Dusty was more popular, obviously, with being fun. But in terms of actually stronger work and the heat that you two had. Right. Um, but right. no, I thought it was cool. With um, Gina Hernandez, didn't want to skip over him. Uh, before, you know, the time with Tully and Dusty and Ric Flair and JCP. Uh, I want to know, because you don't necessarily hear a lot about him. I know a lot of newer fans will be more familiar with him with the dark side, but I want to hear some positive stuff about Gina Hernandez, um, about your time, what's your first impression of him, and what's it like to work with him in general? Because you hear that he was a really good talent in the ring. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and it was um, a couple of years ago, someone said, like, who would have made a, another fourth horseman? Mm -hmm. And um, I really thought Gina would have fit well in there. I, I don't know if he could have handled the travel and the day-to-day routines that we had to do but i think he would have been a really really good fit um gino was one of those guys that he was almost too good you yeah. know his promos were too good his his wrestling style was too good he needed to travel and and be out of tech more but he just i think he took like a trip to new york and worked for uh, vince for like two maybe three shows and then was right back oh, in texas he just that. wanted to stay in texas yeah um, I learned a lot from the dark side of the ring. Even I'd known Gino since I was probably 13 years old, had a huge crush on him, <laughs> you know, thought I knew a little bit about him, but I had no idea he was married. I had no idea he had children. Yeah. Um, he definitely had like two and three lives going on because he had his wrestling life. He had his family life. Mm. And then he had the gambling and the the drinking and the, the uh, drugs life so it was like three different people at, mm. in one body i was just saying so much you can all catch up eventually but I, th I think it's cool to see that you can watch this stuff from the network and youtube and a lot of this yeah. stuff just aged really well in my opinion like i, I didn't really know him back oh, in the yeah. day but i kind of had to like sort of you know do some research over the years and just feel like oh now i see why a lot of people from back in this time really spoke high of him as a wrestling talent. Right. He was, he was really Promo, good. Promos were excellent. Work rate was excellent. Um, was just that really haughty heel that even like with um, Von Erichs, uh, Von Erichs came up for like four years and he mm. still had major heat the whole time. Especially during that time as well when they were like hot as you could be. Oh, yes. Yes. The name Baby Doll. Um, I know we've explored the perfect 10. Tyler gave that to you, but the actual name Baby Doll, where did that come from? I just think it's quite a cool name. Um, actually came from Tully's favorite strip club in Dallas, or in Texas. I think it was a, a club in San Antonio. <laughs> Love the origin. But Fair it fit. I mean, who, who doesn't want to be a baby doll? And, and even now, people, like whenever I do interviews or shows, yeah. they were like, what do you call us? Or, what do you want us to call you? And I was like, who wouldn't want to be called baby doll? Yeah. I want to be known as baby doll like forever. So I think that's how I dressed you. I love um, it. In terms of contact, she was like, oh, oh hi, baby doll. Um, would you be interested in coming on? I didn't say like your full name, but sure. oh, it worked though. Obviously, I've got you on here and we're having a really good chat so right. far. Um, there is well, one... and see, my real name is Nicola, which is yeah. my dad's name and my mother's name, N I C K L A. And so far, I think I'm the only one. I Googled it a couple of times and nothing else comes up. Um, and so Nicola for a lot of people is different and they get it wrong and it's Nicola or Nicolette or Nicola. So I, I didn't I didn't want to get it wrong either. So. 
I think, I think, are you on mute at the moment? I don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear you at the moment. Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Okay, all good. Sorry, I thought I've lost you then. Um, there was one name that we haven't mentioned, and I know you worked with him, and a bit of a sad ending because his career got cut really short. Magnum TA. Um, I want to ask, not had he had his career ending instant, do you think with the popularity at the time, um, would he have been bigger than Dusty, Hogan, or at least got to that level? I mean, where do you think his career would have ended up? Oh, the the sky would have been the limit for Magnum. He had mm -hmm. the like the movie star looks. Yeah, he was athletic. He the people acts absolutely loved him. Mm -hmm. No matter where he went, he was over just to the hilt. Um, if if wrestling wasn't for him in the future, like I could have seen him be like NWA World Champion yeah. and then go on to a movie career like Tom Selleck. Um, something like that because he just had the look he's he just was such a handsome man still is still is a good looking man yeah i'm happy that he does the convention still i mean it sucks but the but he seems to be in good spirit though and apparently his interactions with the fans are always pleasant and very good he's got a wonderful wife courtney is so good to him they've, mm -hmm. they've had uh, two children they had um lucy and tucker tucker travels with him a lot um i see magnum probably probably four times a year, four or five times a year. He's going to be in Virginia this next weekend up in Hampton, like his old stomping grounds, and I'm going to be down more in Richmond. So he still does travels quite a yeah. bit. He can't fly because of his mobility, but if they, if he can get in the big truck and Tucker's going with him, they go everywhere. Oh, that would be cool, though, for you guys to be in the reunite and that, the fact that you still keep in touch and... You know, obviously, oh, yes. about the new story, like the old stories, and talk about your family life as well. That's that's pretty cool, Larry. Well, and it's all in, it's <laughs> all in like it's it's like I'm one of the boys. I'm not like yeah. another girl in the business. I didn't like I would, I, and no disrespect to any of the girls, but some of the girls that were a little more loose and more, a little more flirtatious and stuff like that. The guys really. and it's just it's it's a better way for me because i'm more comfortable around them because it's just like walking in the room at 86 mm. we still have that relationship that, that i think that's what Cornet was saying about you like when he was complimenting you saying like you know you are one of the boys and that the fact that you actually do a tougher lot than uh, sorry, tougher than a lot of guys <laughs> as well. And <laughs> you beat the shit out of them if you can, <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> well, no, no, really. I don't think a girl wants to really have the reputation of like, oh, she can beat the shit out of you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice to have that, to know that you're super tough and, yeah. and actually have the guys back your stories up. And, and, and respect yeah, we you as well. No, 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 that's cool, though. That's cool. Um, so I was just going back to, uh, sorry, it was Larry Zabisco, who has appeared in the show. Um, great guest. But I have to ask, how was it managing the living legend? It was, Larry didn't need a manager. Mm -hmm. And and to put us together, it was a little bit awkward. We're really good friends, was really good friends outside of the business. Yeah. But our characters just did not click. Uh, I was like too Larry's like all gung-ho and a lot of his 
statements are very anti-woman and very like subser women should be subservient mm -hmm. and women should be seen and not not heard and that his favorite thing of like if i could marry a deaf mute she would be like the perfect woman and things like that so for me to be that character and be really strong and bold yeah yeah it was we were too much knowing what he stands and, for i mean what his character stands for yeah right because if he's cutting down women why am i going to be standing there smiling like ha 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 you know it's not it's like who do you think you are? <laughs> exactly. So I like, out of, about out of Larry, we had the best angle ever, and that was the envelope where I had goods on Dusty and presented him with the envelope and then just dropped the angle. So almost 40 years later, people are still talking and asking about, like, what's, what's in the, the envelope? envelope? What's in the envelope? So actually with Larry, I have to say that the best angle ever happened with him because it's on what no one ever knew. Can you reveal it? I, I know you get asked all the time. Ah, one day, one day. Um, <laughs> well, it, here, here's your, here's another dusty story. Whenever I started uh, coming back, because from like 91 to like 2005, no one saw me. I was like taking care of my kids. I was traveling mm -hmm. around a little bit. Um, I was, I was being a mom. So yeah. in 2005, 2006 hit and I started doing like fan fests and conventions People started asking, like, what was in the envelope? What's in the envelope? And it was awkward because I, I didn't really know. I, I wasn't privy to the idea of which way they were going to go with the story. Yeah. So I asked Dusty. I was like, Dusty, what do I tell people? He said, never tell them. He says, as long as you never tell them, they will always keep asking. Once you tell them what's in the envelope, they'll, they'll quit asking. They'll never ask you again. So he said, never tell them. So oh, the words Dusty. of Dusty, I'm Dusty. never going to tell them. I'm all for that's dusty stories, by the way. Just true. any, just ah, oh, just any insight and just any stories mm -hmm. make me smile as well. Just as a fan, but um, unfortunately, you did turn on Dusty, and you would team up with Woo Nature Boy Ric Flair. Woo, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> How was right? The it was <laughs> if if and you're talking about heat. That was like Charlotte afternoon, Charlotte like two o'clock show, if I mm -hmm. remember right, and. Whenever I put Flair's foot on the rope, you can actually hear, like, for a split second, the crowd goes silent, and then there's a gasp. Yeah. And I could actually, whenever they say white hot heat, you actually felt, or I did, felt the temperature of the room go up, like, 10 degrees. It was, like, mm -hmm. instant, like, oh, shoot, these people. And if you look at the look on my face, I am worried because I'm like, they're going to kill me. I am not going to make it out of the dressing room. They, yeah, they're, they're going to put my head on a stake on a corner post, and that's the way that I will be remembered. Tall wasn't supposed to come down during that match, but he came down to help us get back because he could see how the crowd hurt. It was, it was scary, but then it was invigorating and exciting, and it was like all the emotions put into one that I'd gotten them. They never expected that turn. They never expected it again. It was just, we completely jerked the rug out from underneath their feet and they were pissed that we had gotten to them. Poor Dusty. How, how could you do that to him? The American dream. <laughs> so I'm, I'm turning to a fan now. It was, time. <laughs> it was time for me to move on. I'd had enough. I'd had enough of the pickup and the chewing tobacco. And yeah, I was good. <laughs> uh...
but no, but the fact that Dustin did forgive you, as you've confirmed with the stories and him saying, oh, yeah. don't reveal oh, absolutely. I made I made Dusty a lot of money. I made Dusty a ton of money. <laughs> Dusty is He's, great. We're good. I love it. Dusty, I love you until my dying days. I, prayers are with you. I, every time I do a fan fest or a convention, I miss him. I, no. I just so miss him. I think the rest of the world, just in general, miss him. I mean, I didn't know him, but you did. And I think you just had that impact that is still talked about today and is going to live, live, live long on forever. I just, I believe that. Um, can I just confirm something, by the way? Um, Black Scorpion. Uh, I've heard okay. you did the actual attire for that. Uh, some fans might not know what I'm talking about. So Black Scorpion, it was in WCW. Ric Flair was revealed as this character. It didn't really get well received, but it's still talked about. You know, people remember it. Um, did right. you do the attire for that? I did. I did. I was sitting for probably about 200 wrestlers at that time. Yeah. Um, everywhere, Jake the Snake to like Steve Williams, after death, Steve Williams, White Robe Flames. I I was doing a lot of gear, and Blair knew that I'd keep my mouth shut. So he came over to the apartment twice, and I measured him and got him uh, his gear because we didn't want anyone to know yeah. what what was going on. It was quite hush hush. So time. yeah, I, I made the black with the black, and then the silver side. And then Arn Anderson's in the voice, and yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. I mean, if anyone's seen that score, by the way, so you can just watch it network and just. Thank me later. Right. Um, but that, that, that's that's cool. Um, one thing I think that has been highlighted already is the fact that you are a proud mother. And I think it's yes. quite cool um, that your daughter, third generation wrestler, Samantha Star, she's a part of the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, which is still going strong today under Billy Corgan. And it sort of has right. an old school feel, but a modern feeling to it. Uh, I want to know, how does right. it make you feel? Not just um, as a fan and as a wrestling talent, and a legend, but as a mom. Oh, I'm so proud of her. Just um, she's been wrestling like 15 years. Yeah, she uh, just turned 30. So a lot of people don't know that she's like wrestled that much. And mm. but she started out like taking bumps when she was 14. It was we were at a show in South Carolina, and they were, had the ring set up, and some of the guys were taking bumps, and they wanted to know if she wanted to get in the ring, and it was like, oh heck yes. And ever since then, there was no holding her back, even though, like, sometimes she would take so many bumps, like, the next day she couldn't even, like, raise her head off the pillow, and her neck would be all stiff, and she'd be stiff. But that's part of wrestling, is mm -hmm. you teach body how to fall and fall really hard. Whenever you're a toddler, your, your brain, you're teaching yourself not to fall because it hurts. You want to walk up straight and, yeah, and yeah. not fall, but wrestling, you do that complete 180, so you're a lot of people that I know that wanted to be wrestlers and couldn't be wrestlers because they couldn't take bumps. Their brain was like, oh, no, you are not doing that. Mm. But she has overcome that. She's she's still continuing to train. She was up at Dr. Tom Pritchard's uh, just like last week. She did the three-hour drive up there and the three-hour drive back. Mm -hmm. She goes to Lodi School in Charlotte. It's like whenever she can get in the ring and learn something new and polish and make herself yeah. Just a isn't little just bit, like so settling always... for what she already knows, wants to no, literally like, not. as much as she And can. NWA has definitely opened up so many opportunities for her. Mm -hmm. The NWA uh, female division is lit. I mean, mm -hmm. you've got Camille's brilliant. Like, Camille as oh, her world champion. Oh my gosh. She walks up. You just know she's a champion. Yeah. Um, you've got Alan King, you've got um 
pretty powered. Those girls are just amazing heel tag teams. Um, Maddie is amazing well, with Maddie her little Van microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had, had yeah. On. She's, she's really cool. Really Lots of Spice Girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, her little her little microphone needs to be trademarked. Her and her quick wit are so good. So for Samantha to go in there and fit and and get a put and and being on you know like she's got to be on their uh, pay per view in mm -hmm. Chicago. Um, I'm just so proud of her. But yeah. uh, with her lineage, I'm, three out of four of her grandparents were wrestlers. You've got yeah. Aurelian Smith, my mom and dad. Her dad's Sam Houston. Yeah. And her stepdad is Chad Bird. He also wrestled. And then um, her her husband, Dustin uh, Bosworth, he's a wrestler. So, um, it doesn't stop growing, does it? Doesn't Jake it stop expanding? <laughs> Jake the Snake is uh, her uncle. Yeah, and um, she uses the DT as her finish. No one is kicked out of her DDT. Um, they also have Rock and Run, who was a WWF Women's Champion, as her aunt. So she is the only female that's third generation on both sides. Not only on dad's side, but her mom. Side. And being a female, to have your grandmother, your mom, and then yourself as a wrestler, no one has done that. It's pretty, that's pretty fucking cool. Really proud of that. That is cool. And I, I can tell, right? you, and I saw you even tweeted about it, and I know if you've tweeted in the past, she just does a proud mum. And also, you got to be in a corner as well for one of the matches in NWA. I mean, that just oh, it must have oh, yeah. scared you out. Just like, this is so cool. Like, kinda, I did this, kinda, you know? it, it was really nice because I could I could go in there and, and help her out and get her mm -hmm. established. And now that once she's established and she's going, I don't need to make the trips because I know in my heart she's got this. And yeah. she'll continue on. And this is her journey. I mean, I can't take the bumps for her. I can't do the promos for her. This is her time. And I'm letting her just be the brightest star there. Yeah. Plus, yeah. my hair looks like she took me fishing to the pier Saturday. We were out on the for like eight hours fishing. She caught more fish than anybody much combined. She fed almost 15 families. We were catching puffer fish skates there were some blues caught um she caught the biggest you know, of the of the year so far they put name on on the board but it was yeah. it, it was fun it was so much to go fishing with her didn't think i'd be like ending this chat with like talk about fishing i think that's the first of the show but i love it i love it Just, <laughs> that's pretty cool well i, I took her i took her dad um sam houston when we got married for a honeymoon, we went trout fishing, and he was not a fan. He just he wanted not to like dr drive up to the creek fish, but I took him like down the side of a mountain called Box Canyon, and we caught a couple. Oh, I caught a couple of trout, and I built a fire and I gutted the fish, and we were going to have trout with like the butter and the seasonings, like it was really fancy and a lot. Of, I mean, you're paying top dollar in restaurant for, trout. so mm. he didn't really like it. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, when she was a little girl, probably like four years old, I took her fishing. Uh, we were going for catfish and she was like with my dad and had the pole down and all of a sudden her pole goes like starting to go in the water and she like reels it and pulls it in and that catfish is almost as big as her, as she is oh. so ever since then she's <laughs> loved to fish so oh. outdoor girl for sure she got the bug quite early on for the fishing that's i've never done it before hey, if, we drove five hours one way to go fishing five hours that's commitment to go one way go fishing mm -hmm. Uh, that is commitment. Uh, any fishing fans, like, apply or tweet. 
Speak baby doll. Let her know that you're a fishing fan as well. Um, I will put your details oh, yeah. in the description below so they can keep up to date with you, your daughter, just what you're doing as well, what convention you'll be at, uh, when your next going to be fishing as right. well. Uh. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I've got uh, Saturday, I'm going to be at for my uh, debut for Mid Atlantic Title Wrestling. And this, uh, this is their second show. They've mm -hmm. got, I think they were promoting like 40 shows for the rest of the year. They're going gangbusters. Um, I'm going to be going to the ring with Ricky Morton and his son, Carrie, who, Carrie, who is the NWA junior heavyweight champion. Yeah. I'm going to be going against the Dream Horseman. And then next month, I will be at ASW, which is Gary Damron's pr uh, promotion. This is the last match for Rock and Roll Express. It's on their uh, farewell tour for West oh, Virginia. Huh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be going to the ring with Ricky and Robert on that one. I've got... Um, I'm going to be at the New England Fan Fest in Warwick, Rhode Island in July. I've got the gathering in August. I've got several other things like in the works, but right now those are the ones that are for sure penciled in. And then I've got um, Wrestle Cake at the end of the in uh, the last week of November. For I mean, uh, so Tracy you're like despite like needing like. And family life, you're still keeping in touch with wrestling fans and the business, and still making time for the shows. And myself, I, love yeah, that's, that's I absolutely cool. love wrestling. I I do. It's is it's one of those sports where there really isn't an age limit. I don't yeah. think. Nah. Um, I still I still would like to do the um, lucha and go down and be um, la puta grande would be my moniker for uh, to be a manager. And do the big makeup and the big hair and just be the worst hill manager they've ever had. <laughs> that would be a dream. Give Tully a call, reunite, so you can get a tour in Mexico. I love it. <laughs> um, I don't think that Tully's working, but maybe, hey, I, I would go some, with Samantha. She can heal better than anybody. So Samantha Starr, yeah, we could do it. That's for sure. Yeah, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Um, Baby Doll, thank you very much for your time. I know I said in the beginning we had to reschedule, but honestly, I can't thank you enough. It's just been such a really good conversation. I really enjoyed it. I'm quite I'm genuinely smiling, as you can see here, and just hearing really fun mm. stories. Um, as a valet, you've been a heel. You've been a baby face. But after speaking to you, I think, and I think the fans will agree, you'll always be the perfect 10, Baby Doll. But uh, thank That's you for it. coming on. <laughs> I will put the, um, thank, you. thank you so much. Oh, no, no problem at all. I, I, honestly, I'll have to have you again. I think there's going to be more stories. And um, I'll put the social media handles so the fans can contact you and follow you and keep right. up to date with you and what you're doing. And if yeah. the listeners can like this video, subscribe to this channel. That'd be much appreciated. And uh, you can rewatch this video. You can see what I've got lined up next as well. But um, if you can follow me as well on my social media handles, that'll be much appreciated. But for now, everyone, I hope you all have a good week. Take care. You bet. Thank you. Hello there. I've got a special announcement for my next guest. Hello, everybody. This is Taya Valkyrie La Huera Loca, one third of the Death Dolls. And you are listening to What Do You Call It? Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>